British Strongman Podcast. Oh, fuck. Wait a minute. British Strongman Podcast, episode 18. Right, so today we're going to talk about Shane's accident. Shane's had an, had an absolute nightmare for those who uh, uh, don't follow him already. Oh, you, you'll follow him already. You've probably seen. Um, go on, Shane, talk us through your mishap. <clears throat> well... I guess I may as well give full story on here because uh, I kind of played it down a bit on my Instagram. Well, a, a bit. I, I played it down a lot, mainly because I didn't tell I didn't tell anyone really. I didn't tell Shannon. She was already panicking enough, fucking seeing me bleed everywhere and uh, obviously seeing what what happened. Like no one saw the the gym slash place I'm training at. Uh, when I when I did it, I severed an artery and it was squirting out of my hands about two meters in front of me. Um, and I was fully knee wrapped up on my own and I was just like, oh, fuck. So I was trying to do my knee wraps and stuff and I was spraying blood all around the, the, the room, like the walls, windows, everything, just everywhere. Uh, so when Shannon came in to pick me up, she was already distraught and fucking crying and shit. Uh, so I, and then she couldn't come in A&E because of the uh, COVID. So I was just, she had just basically leaving at the door. So I didn't want to send her all horror stories on text and stuff. So on the Insta story and from what I told people, I didn't really tell people the full story. Uh, just thought I'd keep it positive. Also, laws of positive attraction and all that. I didn't want to put out laws of negative stuff because then you attract negative stuff. So anyway, from the start, so squat 225 for one in wraps. I'd planned to go to 265 for three. But on the 225 re-rack, the rack was a little wobbly didn't feel um, safe, so to speak. And I was on my own and I was sat there and I was like, should I fucking do this triple or not? And I said to myself, am I pussying out because of my hamstring and I'm scared to squat? Or am I being sensible and the rack doesn't feel very safe and it's a bit wobbly? What is it? And I thought, you know what? You're probably being a little bitch. So do your fucking set. So set camera up wrapped up, unracked it, felt light, squatted it for three, felt, could have done 10, felt piss. By this point, I'd switched off. I was like, so focused on my hamstring not going that I actually forgot that the re-rack was a little dodgy, if that makes sense. So then when I walked it in, I had already in my mind completed it and wasn't thinking. So I re-racked the bar and I missed the pin. And usually I would be able to save it but I just something happened it doesn't usually happen and my foot hit the front of the rack you can kind of see and it meant that I needed to take a tiny step forward to regain my balance but because my foot was up against the metal bar I obviously I couldn't move so I like fell forward and bailed and I thought I was I was like I'll just bail you know it was a conscious decision to bail and I was like, I'll get my arms out the way, I'll be fine. I've done it a million times before bailing. Uh, and I bailed, got my arms out of the way, but then my left arm got trapped on the other J-hook, which is for bench pressing. And then the 265 bar landed directly on top of my hand. So what happened was the J-hook was up against my palm and the bar landed on the top of my hand. So the J-hook went 
Uh, I mean, it's a blunt J hook, you know what I mean? It's not like a sharp thing. But all the force managed to make the J hook go directly through the bottom of my palm. It went through every single nerve, every single tendon, and shattered the bones, as well as the crushed trauma to the top of the hand, shattering them from the top. So I also severed an artery uh, when it went through my hand. So... Uh, oh, and also the rack flew at me and the rack pin took a massive chunk out my leg as well. But I didn't actually feel that for two days, so I didn't even know I'd done it. But that's what, that's what it is. But um, anyway, first thing I thought was, right, you're on your own, don't panic, take your knee wraps off, don't look at your hand. So I like went to take my knee wraps off and as I bent down, I just saw the wall in front of me turn red. So I was like, fuck's sake, right, don't look at your hand, don't look at your hand, take your knee wraps off. And then as I took my knee wraps off, I bent down more and I squirted like my Ollie shoes and the floor red. And I was just like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. <laughs> so then I like undid my knee wraps and I was like, right, just breathe, mate, breathe. I was like, you need to ring Shannon and then you'll be all right. So don't fucking pass out. So I like took my knee wraps off, uh, went to get my phone. But then that's at the point when I realized I couldn't use my hand. Like I'd lost all function in my hand because I severed every nerve. So I couldn't even like move anything in my hand. So I was trying to get my phone out of the um, camera thing, you know, the little tripod. And weirdly enough, it's really hard to get that out without two hands. So I was like fucking picking it up and swinging this, this, uh, this tripod around trying to get my phone out. And it finally fucking broke off. So I rung Shannon and said, you got to come here quick. She came in, and by this point, I would have been bleeding for 10 minutes. So there was blood everywhere. And I was, like, nearly passing out. So I got straight in the car. She drove me straight to A&E. I walked over to A&E, and my blood was still squirting out like a meter in front of me. It's crazy. I squirted the A&E uh, screen. Where they're like, what's your name? I started squirting the screen with blood. And uh, she's like, what's your name and date of birth? I was like, I need to see someone, please. Like, nearly passing out. And all she was asking me was my name and date of birth. What a fucking jammer. But then, uh, luckily, a nurse shut me in a wheelchair and rushed me in before uh, I had to do all that shit. Uh, they tried to stop the bleeding. They struggled at Lancaster A&E. Uh, they gave me some painkillers. Um, but then they were panicking, like, you're not clotting, your blood's not clotting. Um I think it may be, I took a pre-workout before I trained that had like a vasodilator ingredients in. So potentially my blood was too thin. Fuck no. You don't, you don't take pre-workouts on a chain, do you? Well, it was, it was only a nootropic <laughs> based. Fuck uh, me. It was a, a nootropic based stimulant free pre-workout. Um, it had beetroot extract in and something else. So. But, but, by, the way, by the way, for the listeners, I'm just chipping in there. So when, uh, when me and Shane were doing a bit of training together, like for whatever six weeks couple of months or something like shane used to say this thing every week you could say oh mate i, I don't have pre-workouts and he'd have, <laughs> a fucking pre, he'd have a fucking pre-workout like twice a week and be oh god but then then i'd hear him telling other people in the gym that oh, no, i don't have pre-workouts so i called him out about fucking five or six times but anyway go on keep well, going my, what I should say is, I don't buy pre-workout. If somebody's in the gym <laughs> slinging pre-workout around, I'll fucking have a skip pre-workout, but I ain't buying it. So where did you get this um, nootropics one from? This who, was who, uh, who... Harry's. Oh, right, okay. So, um, anyway, yeah, my blood doesn't clot in, and they said you need to go to a hand specialist because 
we cannot do anything for you here at A&E, there's no one qualified enough for this. So they rang um, this guy who lives in Preston. I'm going to say his name wrong. Dr. Aguali, I think you say his name. He's an absolute Ag- legend. Aguili, Aguili. Oh, have you looked at him? No, I'm going to do a joke. It's fucking taking piss. Right. <laughs> well, anyway, massive thanks to him because, yeah, he got called up. He came into Preston and... Um, yeah, I got rushed to Preston Hospital. I had to have a blood transfusion because of the amount of blood I'd lost. Um, I then, there was so much blood that they thought it was due to the crushing of my hand and the bones all being in the wrong place. But apparently due to the blood and how much I'd lost and how quickly they needed to do it, I couldn't get anesthetic and they needed to push the fractures back into place. So that was one of the worst experiences of my life. Then I had a dislocated little finger as well. So they like put my little finger back in, pushed all my fucking fractures into the correct place and then um, held the artery and stuff and it stopped bleeding eventually. So then I had to stay overnight for two nights until the surgeon could do the surgery. And yeah, he basically had to do full hand reconstruction. Every single nerve apart from one was severed. The one that wasn't severed has been completely crushed and is like extremely badly damaged. All the tendons were severed. Um, everything basically was just fucked. Um, it was um, a seven hour, 45 minutes operation. And the, the the guy who, who helped me out there, the, the reason I want to say a huge thanks to him is he he did the surgery and then I stayed overnight and I went to the nurses and I told them, as soon as I had this nerve block where they, they inject a nerve in your neck and your arm just fucking dies. It's the craziest feeling because you don't actually realize how heavy your arm is. It felt like I was lugging around a fucking man. It was It was so heavy and it's just dead from the shoulder down. Can't feel a thing. And neurologically, you can feel your hand in the position it was in before they give you the nerve block. So I could feel, like I could physically feel in my brain, my hand by my side, but it wasn't. It was stretched out on a table getting cut up. It was really strange. Um, so I was like, after about half hour, I was just watching him do the surgery because I got bored. So it was pretty crazy watching him do it. Um, but yeah, after the surgery, I, went, I had this weird pain in the night and my hand had cramped up. It wasn't a pain because I couldn't feel anything, but I could tell I was cramped. My, my fingertips were in my palm and I had like that fucking scary movie, strong hand action going on. And um, then I said to them, there's something wrong here. They were like, no, it's just a nerve block. And at this point, I'd already realized an hour in that no offense to some nurses. I mean, I guess you're not all put in the same boat, but they ain't very educated, no offense. So... I was like, no, something's wrong. I know more about anatomy than every cunt in this room. It's fucked. I mean, this is the same girl who came to me on day one and went, oh, you're a personal trainer. How do I lose weight? And I'm like, well, you're, you're a nurse. How do you not know basic metabolism like, education? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, do you not know anything about proteins, carbs, fats, calories? You know, you know what do you not, how do you not know these things? You're a fucking nurse. Like, it baffles me how they know anything about this. So the same thing. Should have should have hooked her up to this podcast, mate, and got her on the nutrition episode. Yeah, and maybe should have maybe got her, get her on some tests as well. Yeah, but it just baffled me. Like, why are you giving me advice on neurological signaling from my brain to my fingertips when you don't know what a calorie? 
deficit is, you fucking tarts. But I didn't say that. I kept calm. I was like, no, I ain't going home because she's trying to discharge me. I was like, my hand's fucking dead. I was like, I'm not being discharged. And luckily, this surgeon had put it in his notes anyway to come check on me before discharge. So two minutes later, he comes around the corner, calls them all fucking retards and tells them to leave. Um, undoes my dressing. Uh, he wouldn't even let any. He's. Really, I don't know why. I. I've got a theory as to why he's doing it, but he wouldn't even let anyone clean my hand after the surgery, which he doesn't usually do. He just does surgery. Then that's it. He, he works in theatre. But he cleaned my dressing, my arm. <clears throat> he straightened my. Basically, my fingers are cramped, so he forced them straight, cast them in a different way so they couldn't bend. A little bit of massage. Then I got a, a little bit of blood flow to them, and then I could start to feel them, and I could start to move them about half a mil, like just little, little tick, ticks and taps. And he said, Shane, I think I want you to stay in one more night and we'll check on you in the morning. And I said, the only way I'm staying is if you check me in the morning, because if this motherfucker checks me, I'm going to crack her. And he said, yeah, don't worry. I'll check on you in the morning. So I stayed overnight. He came and checked to me again. He then said, you need a custom made splint to get a, the best recovery. He checked who was on shift and, you know, said is this person on shift she's called Catherine or some shit they're like no Catherine's not working it's this guy and he basically he didn't say this but he basically went that guy's shit i'm not having him do your, your, your splint i'll make it myself but i can't do it here but he made me a cast um and sent me on my way and then he referred me to his his works private as well so i'm going to his private clinic on monday uh, and he's going to oversee the physiotherapy and he's going to get me a custom-made splint. This is all private now, out of his own pocket, to help me. So I don't know why he's doing it. But me and Shannon um, did a little bit of research into him. And have a, we have a theory as to why he might be doing it. He's uh, big into research and studies and things like that. And I, I, when he sat down with me, he asked me what I did. And I, I was very stressing to him the importance of my hand. I basically told him I was a fucking animal and I need my hand. And um, he said, don't worry, I'll get you back to full function, I promise. And yeah, I think he may be doing some kind of case study on me as like an athlete, um, maybe getting an athlete back to full strength after full reconstructive hand surgery or something, because it just seems very strange to me that he's uh, going out of his way and putting me in his private clinic, overseeing physiotherapy, making me a custom splint himself so that I get the best uh, position to recover in. And yeah, it just seems a bit much. I was a bit overwhelmed. How much he was awesome. Yeah, it was. I, I couldn't thank him enough because, because uh, I said to him as well, I said, I want to thank you. Well, I'll get you something to say thanks. And he was like, don't get me anything until we've been through physiotherapy and you're back to full strength. And I was thinking, well, I'm not going to fucking see you again, am I? Because obviously I thought he was an NHS surgeon. Turns out he just works there part time and he has his own private clinic where he fixes hands and gives women big titties on the side. So, yeah. Oh, man, that's amazing. Um, what did he say about recovery then? Did he, did he suggest how long it could be? Or well, give you any time frames to aim for or anything? He said it's going to be very individual and dependent on me. He said athletes have a much better, you know, inflammatory response and uh, the whole recovery process is better. And he knows that I'll stick to the physiotherapy routine. So he thinks it could be fairly quick. But also you have to bear in mind that I've had all the nerves. Like he, he explained it like it's like throwing a jigsaw on the floor 
and then throwing another jigsaw on the floor and then having to take out the second jigsaw and rebuild the first one. That's kind of like what he had to do basically. So it sounds like really complex. And um, a friend of mine knows a hand surgeon and it's like their life. They love it. It's their passion. And apparently it's very rare that they get to do a reconstructive surgery. And that's kind of like the, the hardest thing to do for a hand is a full reconstruction. So maybe that's another reason why he's doing it. Maybe he's just passionate and, you know, wants to take on this big challenge. Maybe he's bored of just doing fucking severed fingers and shit all the time and he wants to do this. But I don't care why he's doing it. I'm very, very grateful because I... The one thing I forgot to mention was um, kind of the important part of the story when I said I left it all out was I was pretty much told there's a 50-50% chance I'll lose my hand uh, prior to the surgery. So, yeah. Fucking hell, man. So, yeah, I was, I was shitting it. And I, I've had a, I'll be fucking frank with you, I had a little bit of a, I had a bit of a moment in the fucking hospital because I've been there four days. I've not seen anyone. No one can come in. The nurses come in in fucking like riot shields and shit because of COVID. All they do is chuck you two toasts at 6 a.m., drug you full of morphine and then fuck off because they can't really be in the room too long because of COVID. And, um, when I, after the surgery, when my hand was cramped and I couldn't feel it, they were poking pins in the end of my finger. I couldn't, all of them, I couldn't feel a thing. And they were oh, like, yeah. oh no, it's just the nerve block. I was like, it's not the nerve block, motherfucker, because the nerve block switched my whole, that whole arm off. And by this point, I could move my wrist. I could move my, I could flex my uh, brachioradialis properly in my bicep and everything. And I could, I was fine. You know, the nerve block had worn off. I couldn't feel my fingers. So I knew there was a 50-50 chance that I wasn't going to get them, that feeling back. So when I woke up like that and they were trying to send me home, I was fucking, I don't know what the word, I was upset, pissed off, distraught. One of my clients texted me, oh, at least you can have a wank with a numb hand. And I fucking snapped at him and said, I was going to slit his fucking throat. <laughs> and... Uh, I apologized after, but at the time, if he would have been near me, I'd have probably killed him. So, sorry, Toby, but yeah, time and a place for banter. You need to learn that. Fucking hell, man. Um, so, on a positive note, you've been back training, Shane. Yeah, well, I won't really say training, but I... I've oh, got... mate, training, yeah. training. You're, you've been in the gym. It's the, it's the start of the process, mate. It's not yeah, about... Yeah, it's exactly, not... yeah. You got, you're not, you're not doing your squat bench dead, but... Well, I wasn't going to train, then it got to that time of day where I train, and I sat there like, what the fuck do I do? And then I was like, oh, I'm just going to go fucking to the gym. So I just went and uh, I didn't, didn't do much. Like, I, I mainly stretch rolled, did a bit of GHD back extensions, um, just got my glutes firing. I've been laid in bed for five days, man. It, it's not not nice feeling, like I felt tight and minging. So, yeah, I just wanted to, to move and to do, which is just touch a bit of tin, you know what I mean? Even touching them barbells felt nice. Even with my little greasy fingers, I can hardly feel anything, but I was stroking that Lico baby up and down. It's class. So, um, have you got some goals in place? Like, have you got, like, a little, you know, like, say, safety bar, split squats, squats, fucking yeah. well, good mornings, <laughs> GHD? What, what's, what's your plan? Well, I spoke to Tom Hibbert today because I wanted to get some, I've read into like um, unilateral training uh, when you've got an injury and if like, say you've injured your left arm, 
training your right arm and can it preserve muscle mass and strength on your injured side? And there's quite a bit of conflicting research and studies on it. And I wasn't sure the best protocol to go because I didn't want to create a further imbalance where my right side stays the same or hypertrophies whilst the left side atrophies and then I like create further imbalance issues down the line. So I spoke to Tom to see his opinion on it. And he said that from his knowledge, the best carryover to like the radiation effect, it's called of hypertrophy comes from lower body training. Um, so my focus will be probably some, I mean, I don't want run the small off cycle exactly because I just like to make my own show, but it will be something similar to a safety bar small off routine where I'll probably rotate wraps and, uh, well, wrap, once my hand's okay to wrap, I'll probably rotate wraps and uh, sleeves work. Uh, good mornings, back extensions. Um, I've got a prone hamstring curl coming and knee extension, so those two will, I'll be able to use. Um, I, I did some work in the gym today. This is why I think, I just said to Josh before, my cast's bleeding a little bit. I don't think I should have done this, but I set up some bands in different areas and wrapped them around my elbows just to see if I could do some like rear delt raise without putting pressure on my hand or wrist. And I managed to find some decent little variations of internal, external rotation movements I can do, uh, rear delt flies, pec flies. So I'm just going to like work around stuff, try and get a little bit of blood flow because that's better than nothing. And in general, work on some little weaknesses like my adductors in isolation are very weak. So it's a good time to work on that. Uh, my aerobic fitness is pretty terrible. So I can spend some time on the air bike. So yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a rough plan in place. I'm probably going to structure something on the weekend, but I have a, something in my brain as to where I want to, where I want to go. So I'm not like without direction at all. Yeah, well that, that's good. I, I think uh, in terms of your, your big uh, tinseling goals, like, like I think um, running some kind of high frequency thing, you know, like say the small of or whatever variation of that for like your, your safety bar squats and I think safety bar good morning to be really good. Um, you know, to get that posterior, um, like neurological fucking thing that you can push yourself on. Um, yeah, the same, I'll probably live on that safety bar for a little while. The guys that, that I said to put me in for physio, he's booked me in Monday. So like, I'm in quick, like he's doing me every Monday. Yeah. So, uh, That's I'm in good. physio Monday. So he's going to take my cast off Monday start physiotherapy and um, get me a custom splint on Monday. So I'll have a bit more movement from it. Because at the moment, my fingers are cast straight. I'm sure you can see on fucking this video, Josh. I'm literally, a lot of that guy I've grown up after he flies down the swimming pool. Um, so I'll get a splint where I'll have a bit more finger action going on that Shannon will be happy about. And uh, yeah, should be better. Yeah, so I've had, I've had three guys with like uh, that I've coached who could have very easily gone off the boil when the two of them broke the wrist and had it, and had it in cast. So obviously they were um, they, they couldn't use their arm whatsoever. And then uh, another lad, uh, Deck, he fucked his bicep or whatever, didn't he? Or whatever. And um, they ju they just did a similar thing with the the safety bar safety bar work and all like alternated like one day like anterior chain focus and then the next day like posterior chain focus you know with like rdls and yeah single yeah, leg that's, rdls that's and pretty stuff. much my plan to be honest so, and, yeah. and um and all, all three of them hit um squat pbs at the like eight weeks the eight week point after the injury about eight about eight and nine weeks it was it was pretty crazy actually 
Yeah, I'm um, actually, weirdly, I'm kind of looking forward to it, like weirdly. I think it'll be great for me. It's a, it's a perfect opportunity to really get rid of those demons of being scared of squatting because of the hamstring. I'm going to be in there every day squatting and I'm going to be squatting heavy and I'm be squatting ham because this injury has not affected my strength in any way. And trust me, I was feeling fucking, I'm strong at the moment. I don't give a shit. Anyone says I'm an animal. So I'm coming into that safety bar cycle like a fucking cage bear. I'm just going to rip shit up. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, those squat stands, do you know what the, um, do you know what the, the pointy thing at the bottom of them is? What the one to put the the weight pins on? Like it, as you as you like these, right there. I'll show you on here. So you know, like these, the straight shot ones, like that pointy bit. Yeah, yeah. They, that has them on that that silver rack, and that's to put plate. That's to put plates on to make it more sturdy. Yeah, I know. Uh, the problem is, is when I put the plates on. When I go to unwrap the bar, the plates hit my shins because they're at like a dodgy angle. And it makes the unwrap really hard. Um, ah. So that's, I do, and I, yeah, when I was sat uh, yeah, there, could you, oh, right, could you I have it quite, there, I was debating quite narrow, don't you? Not. It's just one of them things. Yeah, fucking shit, innit? Um, I've got, oh yeah, I've got your little present chain. I found it, actually. Have a look at these. Wait for a few, a few weeks before you get to use them, but you can, uh, are they wrist cuffs? Oh. Yeah, so they, they go on your wrists and then... Um, <laughs> yeah, you just hook. Tom, Tom Hibbert messaged me today saying, get yourself some wrist cuffs. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, they're, they're quality, mate. You don't, you don't have to grip at all. Yeah, that's class, mate. I will definitely take them off you. That is amazing. In fact, just look here. I'll put it on. And then I don't even have to grip at all. And, Do you see that? Yeah, yeah, on the bar. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Spot on, mate. Um, so, what what would you say to people if they get if they get in if they get injured? We've got, we've got to got to just reset your goals and um, just focus on what you can do. Like so, you said about even though you haven't we haven't necessarily started it yet. Um, I've got no obviously no doubt at all that you're going to be fucking owning that safety squat bar in the next two, three, four weeks or whatever and start to, it might be a bit hard to get, get going, but I know that when you do like say, get into your second week and you start to see a bit of progression or whatever, you're just going to find that level where you can uh, kind of get addicted to the gains again, can't you? Yeah. Like very yeah. easily. Um, and this is the thing, like once you get into something like that, you almost forget about everything else that you were doing prior to the injury. And then you want yeah. to care. And when you go back to lifting on your normal lifts, I've been, I've done this before, so it's like, it doesn't even phase me, but you know, you'll, you'll go back to your normal back squat or you'll go back to a deadlift and you'll be like, Oh, I've only safety bar for the last eight weeks. I wonder how shit my deadlift's going to be. It's not going to change much. You know, it, it might even have got better. So it's, it's not going to be an issue about losing strength somewhere either. Yeah, that, that's what that's what you've got got to think, isn't it? You've got to think that if you, you go and maul yourself on the safety squat bar for fucking eight weeks, and then you gradually move into say high, bringing high bar back again, like high bar is going to feel fucking. You, it's going to feel like oh my god, like it's such a good break from the safety squat bar, and then eventually when you're getting your mobility back and you can move out to low bar again, like 
for your lower body, it's just going to feel like a joke, isn't it? Yeah. You're used to that that uh, stimulus of the safety squat bar. Um, same, same. I think with the. Um, I, I think uh, good mornings are great. You know, like um, seated good mornings or just just any kind of variation with the with the safety squat bar because you can fucking you you can absolutely maul yourself with them. You know, like get similar similar stimulus to your stiff leg back snappers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get that sim, sim, similar stimulus with that definitely. The uh, the one thing that it made me appreciate though is uh, just kind of like other things outside of lifting. Like when when I there, like I said, there was probably a, a period of two hours where I couldn't feel my hand, and I, I, I messaged my clients because there was just it's just an active group chat to be honest, and I just wanted a reply quickly. And everyone's like, don't worry, I broke my hand and it took this long to come back and I did this or that. And I was just like thinking to myself, I, I know, but you know, you, you could feel your hand. Like, no, I'm not on about movement. I'm on about, there was no blood flow. It was dead. And for those two hours, and I'd already been told 50 chance that'll happen. So for those two hours before that surgeon came and got it straight and um, casted it and massaged it and got a bit of blood in it and let it move it, you know, let it just basically come alive. It felt like I was getting electric shocks up my forearm into my fingertips after we did it. It was like the nerves were starting to like fire again. It was the strangest, most interesting, humbling feeling I've ever felt. It was great. But for those two hours, I thought I was going to lose my hand. And I actually didn't think too much about not being able to lift. I was thinking more about the other things that I wouldn't be able to do and like just the, the effect it was going to have on my whole life about business and with Shannon and everything. And it just made me just appreciate stuff a little more. And I actually think that I'll probably, probably spend a bit more time doing some other stuff than lifting going forward. I'm still going to lift. It's in my, in my blood, but I think the mindset of I wake up thinking about lifting, I wake up thinking about, uh, so I go to bed thinking about lifting. I wake up thinking about lifting. I'm eating my first meal thinking about how it's going to help my lifting. I have a shit and I'm hoping it's a good shit so that I don't have the shits when I lift. I, you know, everything I do is lifting, lifting, lifting. But then when I was there thinking about my hand, it was the last thing on my mind. So I think I'm going to uh, take that forward a little bit, try and spend a bit more time with Shannon. I'm a bit of a cunt to her, to be honest. And, uh, you know, she, she takes it like, but... I just don't, I think I need to, yeah, I think I need to reassess my mindset and just become a better human being. So it was quite a good time for reflection. Like I say, in that room, is this me in a room on my own with fucking no cunt to talk to for five days? That is it. I got toast at 6 a.m., some shit cunt beaver or something to eat at 12, and then fucking, I don't know, half a rat with, oh, right, get this. This is the hospital food, Ed, right? I couldn't believe it. I was like, you can't fucking make this shit up. It's just like absolutely wild. It's not like they just pick the food by like diving in a ball pit and throwing three things out. Because they had a ham sandwich that was like one triangle of ham sandwich. They had a beef sandwich. That was my main. Now on the side, I had mash with potatoes and sweet corn. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And after a couple of days, just just had to accept it. So I was just dipping my ham sandwich in my fucking mash. And I was like, 
I have to get out of this place. I'm going fucking, I'm going fucking crazy here. It's absolutely odd as fuck. And then they give me a rice pudding uh, with, with a side of ice cream. And I was just like, I don't know what this is. To be fair, if you ever want a nice meal, that actually goes pretty well together, mixing vanilla ice cream and rice pudding. But yeah, it was just fucking strange. I was horsing because this, uh, this fella came in towards the end and uh, <laughs> he ordered a chicken curry with rice and he got a chicken curry with mashed potato and sweet corn. <laughs> uh, cracks me up. There's also a random array of food ever. So there's a lot of reflecting going on in hospital. It was pretty funny, actually. So uh, what, what kind of stuff do you think that you'd like to do other than lifting them? Um, no, not not they... really anything in particular, just not, not pay my... I'm still, I don't mean like I'm going to take up fucking golf or some shit. I just mean like my mindset. I don't think I'm going to sit there twiddling my thumb, speaking to Shannon and I'm half engaged. She's talking to me and it's going in, but I'm thinking about deadlifts. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And I'm going to just appreciate when she speaks to me, I'm going to talk to her. Because I bet I missed that little cut. When I got home, I was five minutes in the door, I just fucking rattled brains out of her because I was fucking gagging. And, yeah, needed to be done. And I think I am a bit like that because I'm so obsessed with stuff. Um, you know, she'll be speaking to me and asking me shit, and I'm back of my mind, I'm thinking, fucking rap back, Scott, on Friday, I'm going to fucking kill it. Yeah, no, no, I know what you mean, mate. That that that's been the the thing that I've had to adapt to with having uh, a baby, with having Elsie. What is she, sixteen months or something now? So it's like it it has that. That's why I'm I'm really happy with my progression within lifting and stuff at the minute because I've been through like a lot of transition and it's like a lot of a lot of times like this, you know, where where you've well. I'm not saying I've fucked fuck my hand, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but um, where, where I've actually had to like really assess like, um, and what, what, I, what I suppose what I've managed to do, and I don't know if th this is um, similar to some of the listeners, but I've managed to like put things in like boxes. So I have like my times of the day where it's okay to fucking obsess about two rep max seated deadlift on Friday. Oh, like, but then I kind of, I've kind of learned how to like flick a switch a little bit where I can think about, right, I'm obsessing about work in that kind of, that kind of block of time. I'm obsessing about gym. I'm obsessing about training. I'm obsessing um, in the next block. I'm obsessing about family. And because um, I, I did get to the point where I was like, just fucking not socializing at all and not going wouldn't go out for a beer with my mates that I used to go out with all the time and stuff because I'm just fucking... Yeah, that's nothing. Absolutely. Yeah, like, I haven't drank since January or something. Not that I want to, but you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, but it's not about that. It's about, it's about like... You know what I mean? Like, you, like say, oh, Shane, should, 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 we go, should, I, should we go out on the piss on Saturday night? And you're thinking, well... I, I'd be thinking, well, I've got deadlifts on Monday, so I don't really yeah, exactly. fucking... That's what I think. <laughs> so... Um, Whereas actually, we could 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 we go, could we could we go out and do could we go out for dinner or could we like I don't know do something that wasn't just where you're still getting that thing where you're switching off, not talking about lifting and stuff. Um, I think I think that's important. Um, yeah, it is, and as well, like I do this on nights. I do this on nights out anyway. I'm good for this, but on nights out, 
people are like, so what are you doing in your next squat? And I always say, don't fucking speak to me about training because I'm just a blunt bastard. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. it can easily become that because your friend circle tends to become your lifting buddies. And even when you go out, it can be just a piss up of talking about deadlifts. And I, I you know, I want to fucking make sure that I branch out a little bit. Yeah, no, I definitely think that's important. Um, it's just very easy just to fucking obsess all the time about that. But but I think I think to, in order to do it long term and be able to like say keep progressing long term, I think if you're just completely obsessed and narrow minded, then and don't think about anything else, I think we're going to end up like lonely, aren't we? Really. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the amount of training I've been through, mate, over over this 12 years, you know, I must have had five, six different groups of lads that I thought were like my best mates, seen them every four, four days a week, spent more time with them than I did with girlfriends, you know what I mean? Chatting with them in group chats about training and this. If we went out, we went out together. And then eventually they dwindle away from training and I end up on my own and then another group comes along. I've been through probably fucking five or six groups. The ones that have lasted the longest are the, my current besties, Harry, Curtis and Joe, um, that you know I've trained with the last probably five or six years. But uh, I've trained another six years on top of that and they probably lasted one or two years apiece each time. And... Um, yeah. So what 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 do you think what do you think has kept you going then long term? I've like, been so consistent with it because like that that's for, for me by the way that's like what one of the most impressive things about you. Forget the numbers and forget the lifting. So you've got a compliment here, Shane. It's um, the fact that how like say me and you tr train for the next fucking ten years, twenty years, or whatever. Like which we we hopefully both doing. I'll still never catch you up in terms of training training age if you will which yeah. which is such an important variable isn't it i don't really think i've done anything particular other than found it earlier you know what i mean like you found football and you went mad on that from 18 didn't you mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. i found lifting and it doesn't Cross my yeah. mind as a child. But what I mean, what what I mean, like what what sets it apart, like those training partners that you've had, that you think fucking hell, that they're in it for the long haul, and then they're not training anymore, or they 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 get distracted or whatever. Like what stopped you getting I honestly, pulled away? I honestly don't know why they did it. Uh, still don't to this day, um, and also I don't know why I still do it. I don't even know why I did it in the first. I just do it. I just like it. Like I, I, I love it. I enjoy it. Like every session, I love, even the sessions that are shit and I'm injured and I'm rehabbing. I love it. Like I'm obsessed with my body. I feel like you've been given one vessel to live in for sixty, eight hundred years, wherever you live, and I reckon you've got like forty, fifty years of prime action out of it before you start getting a little rusty. You know what I mean? So why would you not want to just make it this fucking savage? Like it's your skin suit. Like I just, it baffles it, I can't understand somebody who wouldn't want to because it's the one thing that we all have as equals is a body that we can change and manipulate and do stuff with. And I think it's just fantastic. It blows my mind. That's why I'm so obsessed with physiology and anatomy and stuff, because I just think it's, I think it's interesting. I think it's, it's class, but the people who, 
have quit, that have trained with me, I, I never asked them, so to speak. They just said, I'm not feeling it anymore. That's what they said. But I never really saw it coming or happened. It's like you training with the twins now. And imagine the twins just stop training and then they never see them again. That is yeah. like what happened to me, like with people, like people just, just stopped. And I was convinced they were in it for the long haul. They were, they were good. They were consistent. Never missed a training session. It was on point. Every, perfect. Everything. And then just one day, start missing sessions and this and that. And then as weeks and months go by, they just kind of like dwindle out your life. It's like really strange. Do you, th- do you think that could be a contributing factor that, like you say, that they, they, they like never missed a session, their diet was on point and stuff? Like if, we, if you like analyse what you've done over the last however many years, it's been like ups and downs, you've had injuries, you've had like times where you've fucked off to do yoga for whatever. But the, I think the, the bottom line is even when you, when you like say you're, in, you're injured and you've got something to be reactive to, you're still thinking about how you can get better. Like when you were fucking lost the plot and you said you're doing fucking yoga, like you're still doing that with a view to improve yourself as this being or vessel, aren't you? Um, Yeah, exactly. Because if I quit lifting, I would take up something else that changes my body. Like I'm just like doing stuff with my body. It's strange. Like even running, like I'm shit at running, but wouldn't surprise me if one day I just decided that I wanted to run a marathon because it's the kind of I'm a bit spontaneous, weird cunt. And, you know, if, if I decided that one day, I don't think Shannon would be shocked. He'd be just, but oh, fucking here we go. And I'd probably run 100 metres day one and die, but yeah. Brilliant. I think we've got some uh, inspiring stuff there, mate. Um, yeah, nice one. We'll wrap it up there. Thank you very much. Episode 18, done. Ding, dum, dum. Cheers, mate. Peace out.